You are now listening to the Millennial Travel Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, Live Different Podcast listeners? Wait a second. Did you see what I did there with that little change up in the intro? Yes, this is going to be a new brand, a podcast within the podcast, the Millennial Travel Podcast, which will be part of the Live Different Podcast, of course, and I promise to still keep publishing great content from doctors and experts in fitness and health and nutrition and business and all the other awesome stuff that we talk about to help you optimize your life, but I want to focus a season of the podcast on specifically millennial travel in conjunction with the launch of my new book, The Millennial Travel Guidebook, Escape More, Spend Less, and Make Travel a Priority in Your Life. I am super excited to get this content out here. Out there, I have 10 or so episodes in the hopper, and uh, we're going to make a run for it to try to get these out to you to help you travel, see the world better. I understand that you might not be able to travel across international borders at the moment, but fear not, travel will be back. There is no stopping it. Not even COVID-19 can stop travel. I can promise you that. And uh, yeah, we're going to make a comeback. I know this is not the best time to launch a travel book, but I got to get it out there. You know, these millennials are going to be old. They're no longer going to be my target demographic. And uh, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding about that, of course. But seriously, get back, get back, sit back and enjoy the upcoming episode of the Millennial Travel Podcast season. And if you haven't already pre-ordered the Millennial Travel Guidebook, Escape More, Spend Less, and Make Travel a Priority in Your Life, I would be so appreciative if you went on there, downloaded it for just 99 cents. I'm basically giving the thing away to get it in as many hands as possible so people write reviews and we get the snowball effect rolling on this book. So thank you guys so much. Get ready for a great episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are here with Matt Kepnes, otherwise known as Nomadic Matt. He is the author of How to Travel the World on $50 a Day, his third edition, Travel Cheaper, Longer, Smarter, and 10 Years a Nomad, A Traveler's Journey Home. He has started some really amazing projects, of course, including the world-famous nomadicmat.com, the Nomadic Network, and he's also involved with something I'm really interested in speaking with him today, the Foundation for Learning and Youth Travel Education. So without further ado, Matt, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Great. Of course. Of course. Well, uh, Matt, last time we connected, uh, it was unfortunate circumstances. Uh, You had come down with COVID-19, and uh, it sounds like you've made a, a smooth recovery. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, I had only a mild case, so I was lucky in that regard. But it did wipe me out for a few weeks. Um, I've been symptom-free for a week now, which has been great. That's great. And um, 
at, at what point, remind us all at what point you're allowed to kind of come out of quarantine um, and be with the rest of the world. Have you reached that point yet? Um, CDC says three days, but I've heard up to two weeks you can still be contagious, but considering everyone's in lockdown, um, I'm just home. I did go for a walk yesterday, um, but I avoided all people. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being safe for the rest of the the folks out there, especially the ones who are, who are more, more vulnerable. And uh, I know we're both in Austin, uh, in the Austin area, anyway. Um, Matt, is it is it true also that you own a hostel in Austin? Uh, yes, I, I own um, a hostel here for I've owned a hostel here for a number of years. HK Austin. I co-own it. I'm not the sole owner. I'm one of many partners. Okay, cool. No, that's that's great. Uh, yeah, I have to come and and uh, and check it out. Is there anything? I don't know anything about it. Is there a uh, little place to hang out, or if people wanted to to stop by? I know we have a lot of listeners in Austin. A place to grab a cup of coffee or a beer or anything. I know. Unlike uh, other hostels, we don't have a bar on campus. Or on on campus at the hostel. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, we don't have a bar at the hostel. It, it's a small hostel. We only have about sixteen beds. Uh, you know, it's a converted house, so you know, it's it's really just for guests. Gotcha. Is it? Uh, yeah. Where is it in Austin? It's on the east side, uh, East East Chavez. So it's in a really nice area. You know, close to all the action, as you know. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, excellent. Well, no, good good for you. And uh, Matt, for people who are not uh, familiar with your work, would you mind telling them a little bit of your backstory? You don't have to go into too much detail because I'm sure people have heard it to some degree, uh, but would love to give people a little bit of your story. Yeah, um, well, what part do you want? The blogging or the travel? I would say uh, I would say the travel and then how you got into uh, into blogging, if you would. Well, you know, I started going to travel uh, back in 2004 when I went on a trip to Costa Rica. It was there that I fell in love with travel. You know, it was so different than my daily commute. Uh, and, you know, it was so you know. There, everything was different, right? You know, I was meeting people from around the world. I, I could do anything I wanted. All the days were unwritten. Whereas back home, everything, you could plan everything out. You know, it was, you knew what you're going to do Monday through Friday. You knew what the weekends looked like. You know what the commute looked like. There was just a routine. And I guess what I really loved about travel was that there was no routine. You could do anything and I love that sort of freedom that came along with traveling it's what really has like kept me in it for so long I just love the endless possibility that comes with the day that's awesome uh, yeah I know one of the one of the things well um, yeah we've talked a little bit uh, before and uh, yeah I lived down in Costa Rica for years and one of the great things about down there is just kind of the the freedom that you feel. And I remember one day uh, 
being down there probably my first couple of weeks and I was like coming from my routine life in New York as you uh, as you know about and I said well man what should I wear today and uh, I was I was kind of pondering well what are, what's the weather going to be like you know just the decisions that people kind of make on a day-to-day basis back home and then I just looked down at what I was wearing and I had a pair of board shorts on and I don't even think I was wearing a shirt and I was like I guess this will do. So, uh, yeah, just that freedom of being able to do whatever you want is a nice part of Costa Rica, but also travel. And, um, yeah, I'm, before we get into your story about blogging, I'm curious if you had, uh, if you experienced anything where, besides your routine, where you just felt completely free and free to be yourself. I don't understand the question. Sure. So, do you have any? Uh, do you have any specific examples of how you felt free or free to be yourself? Uh, you were then detached from your routine, as you already uh, explained. Uh, but what are some of the things about travel that make you feel free? Well, you know, I I think you feel free in life. I uh, you know it was. It's not that you know, you feel confined. I think it's just you know nobody likes a routine. And you know when I was in my early twenties working at a job I didn't like, um, you know th- what travel offered was much better. You know than going to an office with you know coworkers double my age had a job I didn't like. You know whereas travel was do whatever I wanted, I could meet people my age, I could party, I could see the world, you know, it was a better option B. Um, Freedom is, you know, everyone's idea of, you know, a free life is is different, right? So I think what makes a free life is really just being happy in the life you have, you know. I have friends that love their nine to five job and, you know, their routines and, their trips to Disney's, they would describe their life as as free. So I think it's really freedom is in the eye of the beholder. For me, it's the best alternative to the crappy job I had. Um, And it allowed me to just sort of do whatever I wanted, whatever that may be. Now I I like being home. But so it's about, you know, creating that flexibility. That's awesome. Uh, no, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you explained that to everybody, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, of course, are thinking, "Oh, yeah, I, I would like to do uh, something more like uh, Matt here." And uh, I'd love for you to explain a little bit more how you said, "All right, I'm going to go from that job where I didn't feel personally free and it was just kind of locked in in the routine and that just wasn't for you. Uh, might be for some other people and that's fine. But how did you then uh, decide that you could actually make a viable business out of this? I had been blogging for a couple of years. Uh, I started my website in 2008. Uh, but around 2010, you know, I was making enough uh, through ads um, and affiliates and sponsored content that I was doing at the time that I could pay my bills. I could, I had enough to travel with. 
And so it's sort of just like, well, you know, the goal was never to make a career out of this. The the goal was just I I came, um, you know, I, I did this because I wanted to keep traveling. And then suddenly a decade goes by and I've been blogging for, you know, 10 years and I have a career out of this. It was sort of, you know, a very accidental process that, you know, I would say around 2012, I was like, okay, this is gonna be my full-time job. And then you know, that's when I really thought about like, well, how long can I continue to do this for? And then now it's been 12 years, so I guess it's kind of a career. I think that's why sure. doing one thing where you, you can say, hey, I think this is a career. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think that you're, you're you're certainly doing well with it, um, and you've you know, got your hands in a lot of different things. And just from your quick story, it sounds like it took you about two years to really get uh, the site to the point where it could pay bills or support your travel habit or allow you to, again, feel, uh, quote, free. And uh, then, you know, you, you started to look at it more seriously. But and all of a sudden, twelve years go by. So I'd love to hear a bit more about consistency and how you just stuck with it. Because everybody wants to be a travel blogger, but nobody wants to put in the work and write the countless, countless articles and uh, try do the trial and error that it takes to monetize uh, such a business. But yeah, I'd love to love to really hear uh, how you stayed consistent with it. Well, you know, it's it's a challenge. Um, I think you always need to be innovating and changing. You know, what worked years ago, it's especially online where things move so quickly, it's not going to work now. You know, you used to be able to sell PDFs and mini courses with bonuses uh, for you know like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, and now. People get these large, you know, multi-week courses for twenty bucks, and a PDF is like two bucks. So, you know, things change, and you always have to keep moving. You know, it's why we <clears throat> went to ads. It's why we started doing more events. It's why we started to focus more um, on the community and less on outside sources of revenue. No, that that makes uh, yeah, that certainly makes sense. It's a lot to keep up with it. Uh, keep up with. It. I, I'm curious. Do you have any idea how many uh, blog posts you've written for the site? It's got to be in the thousands now. No. Eight hundred. No, sorry. Well, I mean, if you come uh, total a thousand, uh, um, or twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Yeah, we have 826 published. The rest okay. are personal journals for myself. Cool, cool. Uh, no, it's. I just wanted to give everybody the size and scope of uh, what it really takes to, to be at uh, your level. And um, uh, I'd also love to know a little bit more about some of the platforms. I mean, you've had lots of... It, I, I, I think that you've had lots of iterations of programs. Uh, like you said, you've had, uh, or you used to be able to sell PDFs or courses. Right now, I'm looking and you have your superstar blogging uh, 
believe you call it a course or, or a community. And um, but these things have to be constantly evolved. So how many different courses and uh, different tests of these communities uh, have you have you built over the years? Uh, yeah, I'm curious to know. Well, we've only built one, you know, and we just keep evolving it, you know, I mean, superstar bloggings, you know, we constantly expand and update it as things change. So, you know, it's not as if we build, you know, from scratch a new course every year to be just have one platform that we just continuously evolve uh, to meet the demands of the time. You know, I mean, creating, you should never really try to cre- recreate the wheel all the time, right? So if you have one thing that works, just make sure it continues to be relevant and updated for everyone. That, uh, that's, that's great that you say that because you see so many people who do sell stuff online. That's actually why I uh, made that comment is because you see so many bloggers, okay, today they're doing their superstar blogging uh, course, but tomorrow they're going to uh, have you involved in their travel hacking community and the next day it's going to be their, uh, you know, photography program. Or, and that is just, <laughs> that gets to be a lot of work. You're, you're scattered all over the place. So interesting to, to hear. Um, Matt, so in, could you tell us a little bit more about your superstar, superstar blogging platform and perhaps a couple things that people... Uh, a couple takeaways maybe that you could give people uh, that are listening in right now, of course, without signing up for the course, that might be uh, interesting to them if they are wanting to go out and become a superstar blogger. Hold up. You want me to talk about the course, but not, I don't understand what you're, what you're really moving toward with this question. Sure, so uh, what I'd love to know is, uh, okay, so you have your course, right? And um, if people are interested in the course, all right, we're not trying to sell them or I don't get anything out of it, but it's always nice to hear if somebody does want to be a superstar blogger, what would a couple uh, tips that you could give them be? And then if they're interested in your course, uh, perhaps they'll, they'll go check it out. Skip. All right. Like, if you want to tell people like, hey, like, you know, this is a really good course, you know, you should pick it up. Like, that's great. But like, if I start promoting the course, like, it ruins the flow of the podcast. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fine. I always just try to ask people if they have if they have content out there. Well, what do people? Uh, yeah, what do people learn in your course? So that's uh, that's fine. That's fine with me. We can we can skip and go back to the drawing board. Um, all right. So uh, look, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about your nomadic network. Um, I hope that you don't feel you're being overly promotional, but I would like people to understand the value of connecting with other uh, like-minded individuals or people who are, are different from them, but uh, looking to, to travel and connect with others in their home cities. Uh, do you mind if I ask you that? Sure. 
Cool. Uh, yeah, so you want me to restate the question? You just want to go for it. It's fine, fine by me. Uh, restate and then we'll, we'll go into it. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so Matt, you recently have launched the Nomadic Network, and I was uh, lucky enough to come out to one of your events here in Austin, and it was... Uh, yeah, filled with just a lot of uh, just a lot of travelers, a lot of people who have been followers followers of your blog for a long time. And um, you mentioned before that you are trying to uh, build, be more focused on community. So I, I'd love to know a little bit more about uh, the Nomadic Network and why you've decided to go in that direction. You know, the, the program, everyone is so focused online these days. And I think we're, we're seeing the pendulum shift back to more people wanting to create community and be involved in in-person events, right? You know, we, we went all the way to this extreme where everything is online, but human beings are social animals, you know, and... You know, even though you can get some form of community online, it's not the same as sort of meeting people face to face. And we wanted to create, you know, <clears throat> a group, you know, sort of like a club where you know, people can go just talk about travel. You know? Especially here in the states where travel isn't so widespread, you know, it's nice to have sort of like a crowd um, of people who understand your desire to say like walk across the Amazon or do something crazy like that. No, uh, makes uh, certainly makes sense. Um, and what I noticed about uh, the nomadic network is that people were, it was almost like I had walked into a hostel bar like we were talking to and people had travel stories and people had, um, you know, were, were planning their next trip and getting tips and, you know, tips from other people on places that they had been and uh, really able to, to connect without, of course, you know, if you're in your home city, you probably don't go hang out at hostels. Uh, I know I asked you that earlier, um, but it was just kind of a, yeah, it was kind of a random question. So uh, what do you, what, where do you envision uh, this going in the long term, um, you know, I, I see on your website, the Nomadic Network is a global community of travel enthusiasts who support and inspire one another to travel better, cheaper, and longer. So uh, right now, geez, I didn't even realize you had 33 chapters. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear where, where you see this uh, going because I I, I've only attended one event so far. Well, you know, coronavirus has, you know, uh, changed our plans. Uh, but our goal is to, you know, just have chapters worldwide and with regular meetups as often as possible. Maybe we'll do like a global meetup where we bring everyone together. Uh, but right now, you know, we're only a few months old, so we're just sort of trying to get the events to have some consistency as well as um, – you know, work out our, our work processes so we can just, you know, constantly do this in a way that is um, organized and, and consistent. You know, I mean, running 30 chapters is a lot of work. Um, you know, keeping everybody on the same page and we're still sort of 
addressing the kinks in that. No, I can uh, I can totally imagine we have meetups and local community managers for our under thirty experiences alumni and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly a lot of work to, to manage and organize all that. Um, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. And uh, of course, coronavirus has been on the top of everyone's mind. And uh, I'm certainly seeing some positive things come out of uh, this as far as community building and people putting a, a focus on, sure, we all want to connect uh, offline but that's not possible right now so people are finding more unique ways to connect online and uh, I, I was wondering where you see this going if you could put on your your futurist hats you know there's been just so many as a small business owner there's been so many helpful webinars on zoom um, just I don't know things that would never pop up before like some of my friends from high school decided hey, why don't we get on Zoom and uh, have a drink on a, uh, whatever yesterday was, Thursday evening. And I thought, oh, wow, that's that's really cool. Uh, this would never happen unless we were all stuck in our, our homes. Uh, but, you know, just work from home trends, et cetera, uh, remote work. So I'd, I'd love to hear where you see the future going after we come out of this coronavirus on a technology uh, level. Well, I think you'll definitely this will definitely expedite the trend for people to work at home. I think you'll start seeing more companies go virtual. Um, you know, as they learn how to make that a possibility during this period. I mean, they're sort of forced to make it work. So I think you see a bunch of companies doing that. Um, I think it will only create more community I think people will realize just how much they you know like the outdoors how much they took that for granted um, I think you'll see a rise and people want to reconnect with people on a deeper basis more often and always catch up you know I think we will appreciate life more as we were forced to just sort of freeze it we'll we'll kind of realize how good we had it that's that's for sure um, how, how do you see the future of the travel industry do you expect a post uh, prohibition boom in travel do you do you think that think people are going to be really really cautious coming back are we all going to be wearing masks everywhere we go uh, what do you think about group travel yeah curious where you see the travel industry going um, <clears throat> I think you'll start to, you know, see uh, more of an emphasis on sustainable travel, outdoor travel. Um, countries are probably going to put up restrictions uh, for people for the time. For the time being, I wouldn't be surprised if you had to prove you were COVID nineteen negative. Uh, there will probably be more temperature checks. So I, I think you'll begin to start to see um, just more. An emphasis on smaller groups and more sustainable travel. You know, no one's going to want their city flooded with people who might be bringing this pandemic. So I think for a while you're going to see just a smaller industry. Sure. Uh, right when the coronavirus, of course, it didn't. Uh, other than China, it didn't get out of hand as uh, Italy and you know 
Spain, obviously the United States, uh, turned out to turned out to become. But we had you know Vietnam Cambodia trip run by under thirty experiences out there, and the hotels were asking our travelers to take their temperature before they came in. And uh, although it's kind of a weird. Thing to be asked to take your temperature before you go into a country I, I've, or into a hotel. I've been asked before entering, I think, a land border. Maybe it was into Nicaragua or something like that. Um, people, somebody was worried about. I think uh, I'm not going to pronounce it right. Chicken, chikungunya, are, are one of these uh, mosquito-borne diseases, but they were checking for that. But it did. It's kind of like. TSA, it's a pain, uh, but people get used to it and it's there to keep us more safe. So, uh, yeah, who knows where this will, who knows where this will go? Um, but I, I do find it interesting. Uh, Matt, how, uh, I know this is a difficult time for so many businesses, obviously tour operators, but also just web traffic on travel has absolutely plummeted. I know in our business, people are not searching or even in our uh, private Facebook group, people are not posting, hey, I'm looking into a trip for there, here or there, where people used to post that multiple times a day. Now, they're just not asking those types of questions. Um, I know you put out a thing recently on your blog uh, that you guys have seen a dr big drop in web traffic. And so I'd love to know about uh, maybe some of your strategies going forward with creating content that people want to see, even though we're on lockdown and how you see uh, travel bloggers coming out of this, because it's probably a scary time for, for a lot of bloggers as, as well as tour operators. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I think we'll see a, a smaller tour industry from this. I think a lot of tour operators are going to go under, um, you know, this is going to go for a few months, so it's going to be really hard for a lot of people to um, last that long without any income. You know, even government assistance will go only so far. So I, I think a lot of people are, are going to go under because of this. Um, you know, I mean, it's sad to say, but I think that is is a reality. You know. Um, in terms of bloggers, I think you will also see um, many go under. You know, with no income coming in, no brand deals, none of that happening. I think again with government assistance, things can only last so long. You know, and the longer this goes, the more likely you are to see even larger numbers. You know, last week alone, you had four magazines shutter. You know, permanently. It's not. It's not just a. Uh, well, we're taking a break. I mean, they're they're gone for good. Um, so I think that's going to just only get worse um, as this crisis continues. Yeah, that's an unfortunate reality. Uh, Matt, do you see any opportunities here? I mean, some of these, some of personally, some of our vendors, uh, you know, our hotels and our the uh, local operators who we do tours with in these different countries uh, we're wondering if some of them will be around in the future so there's of course a lot of uncertainty but what do you see as far as opportunities anything positive well i think the ones that will come through are the ones with a large community people who have 
support they can lean on. I think you'll see um, a number of a more, like I said, more of an emphasis on on community. You know, I think that's going to be one of the the shining lights. P- businesses in the travel space are going to, you know, try to foster communities. So they know when, no matter what happens, there's always sort of a core audience that they can rely on and count on who will support them through the tough times. No, definitely, definitely makes sense. Uh, does this get you thinking about? diversification in your business because uh certainly this is my this is my main source of income so um i'm lucky to have money saved uh but as far as diversification of uh income coming in uh, are you is that something that uh you were thinking about before or i don't not too many people really foresaw the whole entire travel industry going on pause like it has. Uh, it's a pretty crazy time. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, this sort of goes into what I was saying about um, how we were moving into community. I mean, this is only quickening our desire to, to be uh, a community-based organization. And, and part of the reason why we were moving in there because I already felt like the online space was getting a little, was getting too saturated. So I wanted to, to shift into something that relied more on our community. And that's why we did events. So, you know, we're going to host a bunch of virtual events, but you know, as we move into, into this more, um, and, and we get out of this, we'll, we'll shift more into just doing community based events and, and, and projects that, rather than relying, say, solely on affiliates or, you know, ad traffic. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and Matt, I wanted to ask you about uh, what I think the acronym is pronounced FLIGHT, uh, the Foundation for Learning and Youth Travel Education, because uh, it looks like you've also made efforts uh, to give back along your journey. Yeah, we have a community charity called FLIGHT, which uh, funds overseas trips for underprivileged high school students. Um, so, you know, a, a teacher will submit for a grant, um, you know, to fund a, a science trip to Costa Rica, and, you know, we'll cover the cost of that. And these are students who are mostly on school lunches, living in impoverished communities, and don't really have the access to resources that other kids around the country have. And so our goal is to, you know, show them the power um, of travel and, and really show them, you know, the possibilities that there are in the world and, you know, how the world is bigger than just their own own borders um, and to really um, strive for more, I guess. I don't know. Beautiful. No, I think that's that's fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, kudos to to you and your, your team for putting that on. Um, uh, Matt... I know a lot of people are trying to get through their cabin fever and, uh, you know, there's a a lot of addicts listening right now, a lot of people who are still, you know, the the few people out there who are still wanting to Google things uh, that have to do with travel and are dreaming of being in different places, as you alluded to, they uh, might be doing 
more uh, ecotourism or sustainable tourism or more visiting the rural places for a bit instead of being in the crowded big cities. I don't know if you want to be at the, uh, you know, in the Vatican uh, with the Pope giving an address around all those. That was the first crowded place that came to my mind. But um, yeah, people might want to go head to the countryside for a little while. And uh, luckily it's a a big planet, uh, but do you see any deals coming uh, this way? Because I know your site is about traveling smarter and cheaper and longer, so I think we're going to be able to stretch our dollars uh, a lot longer in the future. What do you think? Are you seeing opportunities uh, in that space? Yeah, you're right now there's a lot of travel deals as, as companies try to uh, fill tours, planes, any, hotels, anything. So, you know, while a lot of places are closed by government mandate, you know, they are offering a lot of deals for the future. So, you know, I mean, right now is a, a good time to book something in the fall. I wouldn't build, book anything in the summer just because you don't know uh, how long this is going to last, but it should be hopefully okay by the fall. And, you know, there's always a lot of deals happening. Sure. And yeah, check your... Check your cancellation policies and uh, know what you're really getting into uh, in case you do need to uh, put your trip off. Um, uh, Matt, that, that kind of brings me to another thought here about this uh, campaign that people are saying postpone, don't cancel. And so many of the places that uh, you and I have both traveled to around the world are so reliant on tourism and a lot of these places have to go back to their traditional farming or or whatever uh, their local industries were before tourism uh, for the time being and uh, yeah i'd love to to know your thoughts on the importance of how can we continue to try to uh, help support uh, or give support to some of these areas um, when, yeah, we're, we're just not traveling there right now. Uh, but it is important to me to uh, make sure that our travelers are able to distribute uh, wealth in appropriate ways, at least in, in the future. So I, I'd love to know if you had any thoughts on that. Well, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head when you say, you know, it's, it's important to um, postpone, not cancel. So if you can delay your trip um, and, and, and do that, that will really help a lot of these organizations um, survive, you know, because they can use those funds to pay the bills. Whereas if you're completely canceling, all that money is gone and it's more likely that you know, these businesses then go under. Cool, well, great for, for everyone to think about. Um, Matt, I know we have to uh, wrap up fairly soon here, uh, but I wanted to ask you if you had any uh, upcoming travel plans or not immediate, of course, but do you have, what are you looking forward to, I guess would be a better question. Um, I'm looking forward to getting out of my house. You know, I, <laughs> I, I didn't really have any travel plans this time of the year anyway. Uh, but, you know, I did take for granted the fact that I could at least go for a walk, you know, sit on a, out on a patio and drink a glass of wine. And that, you know, is 
is not possible anymore. So I have to look forward to you know getting out of my house. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> During these kind of times, well, uh, yeah, that's. That's about all we can really rely on. We're back to basics. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that, Matt. And uh, at the end of our podcast, we usually like to do a little rapid-fire question. I pro- questions. I promise that they will be uh, extremely generic and uh, difficult for you to decide. So what I'd love you to do is just say the, the first thing uh, that comes to your mind in, in true rapid fire uh, fashion. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Matt, I got to know, what is your favorite coffee shop in the entire world? Uh, I don't drink coffee, so. Ooh, you don't like coffee shops? Um, I don't really, they're, they're, I, am not fussed by them. I don't drink coffee. I just need a place that has like green tea. All right. Do you have a, do you have a favorite green tea place in the world? Not, not one that comes right to mind. All right. That's, that's fine. Uh, let's see, Matt, if you could be at any more, any bar in the world tomorrow, where would you go? Cheap Charlie's in Bangkok. All right. Thank you for for that. Uh, do you have a favorite hostel outside of your own somewhere in the world? Um, uh, Flying Pig Amsterdam. Okay, Flying Pig Amsterdam. I'll try to link these up for people in the show notes and... Uh, Let's see. We covered. Uh, we certainly covered beverages. Uh, but if you were going to have a meal, and it was going to be lunch, and uh, again, we're planning out your magical day tomorrow. Where would you have lunch? Where would I have lunch? Uh, Yuba. It's a sushi place in New York. Okay. Excellent. And. Um, Finally, Matt, if you had uh, one very worthwhile moment in time, just a snapshot. I'm looking at the homepage of your website right now, and it's you looking over a beautiful, uh, looks like a lagoon or or mountainous lake uh, here. And if that, for example, was a snapshot in mind that you could just replay over and over a thousand times, uh, do you have a a moment in your journeys over the last uh, 10 to 12 years that you would say, yeah, bring me back right there. I'd love to relive that uh, so many times over. Uh, when I lived, spent a month on an island in Thailand, uh, Koh Lipe, that would be it. That, uh, that sounds good to me. Well, uh, Matt, Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you, you coming on. Of course, your website is nomadicmat.com. Uh, I mentioned the name of your uh, couple books here, How to Travel the World on $50 a Day and 10 Years a Nomad. Uh, you're also at thenomadicnetwork.com. But if people want to reach out to you and engage uh, in social media or in your community, uh, where would you send them? Uh, you know, I'm Nomadic Matt at all social channels. So if you just Google or search that on any network, you'll find me and I'll have, be happy to answer any questions you might have. 
Easy enough. You're an easy guy to find. Matt, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Live Different Podcast listeners, did you enjoy that episode of the new season, the Millennial Travel Podcast? If so, you are going to love my new book, The Millennial Travel Guidebook. Escape more, spend less, and make travel a priority in your life. Available now for pre-order, just 99 cents, or you can go to millennialtravelguidebook.com to get a free chapter on how to find the best flights. I absolutely know that you are going to get a ton of value out of this because I spent two years of my life committing to this project. So I hope you enjoy You can find that on Amazon or at millennialtravelguidebook.com. I would appreciate it so much if you checked it out and left a review launching August 13th.